you always think you know what's best for your body because we're told to listen to it and trust our intuition. But would you trust a doctor if you saw them down a bottle of vodka before performing your surgery? Or if you hired a personal trainer and they promised to get you into peak condition and get you in the best shape of your life while they're digging into a Big Mac and puffing a vape in your face? If our body is in a constant state of stress, fatigue, and mental fog, how can we have the confidence to say that it's making the best decisions for our health and not sabotaging it with every decision that we make? Welcome to episode 42 of Give Yourself Some Leeway with me, your host, Eugene Lee. Now, today I want to reflect on a few key lessons that I learned from my burnout recovery journey that have come up time and time again in the past 20 or so interviews. And I also haven't done a solo episode in a while, so I thought that, you know, I'd try and record it on video so that, um, yeah, let me know what you think of it. And I'll be relying on my black book, which right at the moment is blue. And I just have a few bullet points to help me stay on topic so that I don't go off on a tangent. And it helps me reduce the editing time so I can get this out to you as soon as possible. Now, looking back the last few months, um, I think it was around December that I kind of hit a mental block with Give Yourself Some Leeway. And I came to a crossroads whether to continue the podcast or not. Uh, I had these self-doubts and limiting beliefs that were like, do I want to really continue the podcast? And if so, how do I deliver as much value as possible to listeners? Because the feedback I was getting, yes, I was getting some positive feedback and I was getting quite a lot of negative feedback too with people who weren't comfortable with me talking about my mental health or feeling stress at work. And the resounding core response I was getting from a lot of people was, look, it's great and we respect you sharing your opinion, but I can't really relate to your burnout journey and your approach to recovery probably won't work for me because I'm completely different to you. And I thought, well, obviously I'm not the only person to feel this way. I'm not the only person to experience burnout, overwhelm and anxiety. So who else is out there who wants to share their story? And just like that, I discovered all of these really, really interesting people that offered such valuable stories that we all came from different walks of life, different ways of work, and had such diverse experiences when it came to this phenomenon we call burnout. But we all had these similarities in our stories, these patterns. And by recognizing these patterns, I was able to really delve into the clarity of my experience of burnout. Like hindsight is twenty twenty. And it's so much easier to see those experiences and to look back into your past when you know what you're looking for. It's like we're told to follow our intuition, to trust our bodies and listen to what your body is telling you to do. That's how you make your decisions. Just trust in yourself. But it's like trusting a doctor after watching him down a bottle of vodka to perform a surgery on you. You're not going to have a lot of confidence in him. Or hiring a professional trainer 
and they're telling you, oh, I can get you in peak condition and get you in the best shape of your life while they're digging into a Big Mac and puffing a vape in your face. It's hard to have credibility or confidence in that source. Similarly, if your body is in the constant state of stress, fatigue and mental fog, how can you say with confidence that you can make the best decisions for your health and that you're not sabotaging yourself with every choice that you make? Looking back now, there are a few key lessons from my burnout recovery journey that really helped me to get clarity and to stay focused, especially when times got tough. And those moments when I had the biggest setbacks, and especially on my recovery journey, what helped me to stay on track? So starting off, you can't solve a problem if you don't realize there's a problem there to begin with. It's like trying to cure disease without ever looking for a diagnosis and just trying to solve a problem with, you know something's wrong there, but you just try to put a band-aid um, over, over the symptom and not address the root cause. It's like seeing someone break out in a sweat and just assuming they have a fever and throwing antibiotics at them, being like, okay, that, that's them sorted, they'll recover. But not checking, maybe it's a virus. Maybe it's an allergic reaction. Maybe it's an autoimmune response and we don't know what conditions they have. And just throwing antibiotics at them, that's not going to solve the root cause. If anything, it probably might do more harm than good. So what I'm trying to get at here is that you can't take care of yourself until you're aware of the root cause of the problem. And I covered this, especially with self-awareness, in my episode with Kevin Palmieri. I think it's episode 29. And see, this self-awareness is central to who you are and how you perceive and understand everything that you do, your emotions, your thoughts, your beliefs, your values, how you process your feelings and how you define your values and what motivates you. I've had an experience recently where something in my environment just wasn't aligning with my values anymore. And initially I thought that I couldn't control that. So I tried to work around it and see how best to approach it, how to continue on, even though it wasn't congruent with my values anymore. And when it started taking a toll on my health, I realized that I couldn't do this for much longer. It was starting a downward spiral and I was self-aware enough to realize that this was the start of another burnout cycle. It was a start of another downward spiral that I felt I couldn't control. But in practicing self-awareness, I was able to realize that I do have control of this environment. I am not stuck in this environment. I can change it by removing myself from that environment and looking for uh, an environment where I can grow. Now, I know this is, this is just a, a brief uh, synopsis of the story. I'll get into more detail another day. But again, it was having that self-awareness to see what the root cause of the problem was. 
was it within my control to change it there and then? No, but I did have the control to remove myself from that situation. The next lesson is closely linked to that self-awareness, and that's having self-compassion. Now, I've covered this in episode 34 with Testule Larson, and it's a great episode. We go into great detail on it. So just a, a, a brief example would be, imagine you were hanging out with your friend and every time they had any input in the conversation, you just put a downer on them. Like, why would you say that? Oh, you're so lame. Oh, you just mess things up. Oh, is that is that the best you can do? And if that's the approach you have coming to your best friend, um, they're not going to be your best friend for long. They're not going to want to hang around you for long. Yet that's how we tend to talk to ourselves. Oh, you messed it up again. Oh, you didn't give yourself enough time for the deadline. Why didn't you give yourself time? This is what happened last time. Oh, you, you there you go. There you go. Uh, and and it's it's having that negative voice in the back of your head and that that self narrative where you keep putting yourself down. It's very hard to have people to support you or to back you up if you keep constantly knocking yourself down in the first place. What you need to do is to treat yourself with kindness and show yourself some compassion. Let's reframe that to, um, let's say, hey, look, this didn't go to plan this time. How about we reevaluate and try again again, try again later? Or, oh, you missed that shot. How about we take some time and practice for a bit? You might just get better. And yeah, we, we, we can play again later. You might have a better chance of making that shot. Having that encouraging kind of constructive criticism maybe, but that encouraging voice in the back of your head, it helps you to stay on track. And instead of putting yourself down, you're reframing it and being like, okay, this was may, may have been a failure, but hey, we can work on this, okay? And having that supportive friend in the back of your head is a lot better than having that negative Nancy 24-7. Coming from a place of kindness and compassion is definitely the best way forward if you are interested in your personal development, recovering from burnout or stress or anxiety, and really wanting to put your best foot forward and staying consistent. Now, lastly, but not least, um, once you practice self-awareness so that you know where the root cause of the problem is, what's holding you back, and you show yourself that compassion and kindness that you can put your best foot forward, that you aren't always identifying yourself as a failure. The next step to put in place is your self-care. And prioritizing your self-care, some people always brand it as being selfish. That taking time for yourself means that you can't give time to others. Whereas Practicing self-care is probably the most selfless thing you do. If you don't give time to yourself for growth, for recovery, for just spending 20 minutes with yourself every day, how can you show up at your best capacity to others in your life? 
if you're bringing home stress and you're exhausted and you just don't have the patience, you're at your wits end, you don't want to listen to anyone else's story at the end of the day, you just want to sit back and watch Netflix or have a few beers and just not pay attention to anyone else, how is that serving anyone else in your life? Whereas if you took the time every day to maybe focus on going for a walk for 20 minutes, exercising for 20 minutes, release all those endorphins, or as I like to always start with, have a glass of water, rehydrate your brain so that you can think clearly. And then you may have more patience or you may have more clarity to uh, listen to others around you, to actively listen to what's on other people's minds and to process that, to process those emotions. And even myself, I have been guilty of this in the past, especially when I was just motivated to get as much done in as little time as possible. I was always like, I don't have time to relax. I can't sit down and watch Netflix for an hour. I can't I, I, I can't exercise. I can't go for a walk for two hours, two hours. I could be doing so much better. I could be working. I could be doing overtime. I could be, I could be focusing on my project. I could be doing all my project work. And it's, um, it's, it's only in hindsight. Again, it's self-care allows you to perform better at those times. Like you're, if you're running on fumes, into all of those activities, you're not going to be performing at your best. You're not going to be serving at your best. And that's going to have an effect on your work, on the quality of the work, on the quality of your productivity as well. If you're going in running on fumes, then how can you expect to have 100% output? You're probably only giving 20 or 30. And you're probably procrastinating half the time anyway, because you don't have the mental capacity, the energy to actually focus on the task at hand. So instead of seeing self-care as being exhausted at the weekend and lying in, having a Netflix binge for eight hours and expecting that to recharge your battery for eight hours so that you can run for the next six days, how about you reframe it as 20 minutes every day, 20 minutes of me time? Maybe that's first thing in the morning before you start work. Maybe you go for a 20-minute walk or... You sit down, have a glass of water and journal for a bit. Or maybe you read through some motivational quotes, something to reframe the mind, a bit of food for thought before you start today and get into that winning mindset. Imagine if you could simply just incur this state of centering yourself so that next time when you feel stressed or overwhelmed, or out of your depth at work, that you have this skill set in your toolbox that you can just take it out and be like, okay, whatever setback is thrown at me, I know how to overcome this. I just have to apply this skill set and then I can keep pushing forward. I know how to kickstart my recovery process so that I never have to feel this fatigued again. And if I ever hit a mental block, I can push this framework in place and get back to normality or get back into balance once again. What does that look like for you right now? What system do you have in place? Do you have a support system in place so that if you do encounter a setback, you know how to identify it and then approach it? 
or do you simply just have coping mechanisms to help get you over the line? That'll do for now. Because coping mechanisms, they don't last long term. And if anything, it's like putting a bandage, a bandage on a symptom of a problem and not addressing the core issue. Now, I don't want your take home message from this being, oh, I need to put this huge support system in place. And like, I really don't have the time for this and I'm going to burn out if I don't put it in place, but I don't really, really don't have the time to put all this in place. Stop. It defeats the purpose of everything I teach here on give yourself some leeway. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. What is the simplest step that you can take today to start serving yourself, your future self, to better yourself in the future? What's that 1% you can do today? The support system framework is based on the three key lessons that I've taught here today. Self-awareness, self-compassion, and self-care. But, but Eugene, I don't know where to start when it comes to self-awareness and how am I supposed to put this framework in place? I have those thoughts in my head. Trust me, there's always those niggling voices that try to stop you from making progress. So for the month of May, I can't think any more than a few weeks in the, in, in the future, but I know for at least the month of May, I have a lot more free time. If you want to book a call with me, you can do so. I'm going to leave a link here in the show notes and also at giveyourselfsomeleeway.com. You can just click book a call can join 30 minute chat with me and I'll go through the self-care framework. So, and, and I know it can be uncomfortable first when you're first starting off that you're bringing up a lot of limiting beliefs and conditioning from the past 20, 30 years of your life. And it can be uncomfortable at first, but I can help guide you through that framework. And at the very least from the call, you'll probably come out with what is holding you back. And what are the first steps forward to help you get past that hurdle, to get back on your journey of growth and success? And it's completely free. Hey, you can talk to me for 30 minutes completely free. All it's going to cost you is 30 minutes of your time. And I assure you, 30 minutes, Netflix can wait. Okay, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And yeah, what's my last bullet point? Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And uh, see me on video. Hey, if you enjoy it, let me know. And um, yeah, I'll try and record more video podcasts in the future. And if you really want to dive deeper into the three key lessons that I taught here today, uh, book that call and we can chat more about it. And I can help you through self-awareness framework. I really look forward to connecting with more of you, especially on, on, on calls. It'd be great to see, especially like I've seen a lot of you in DMs and stuff, but I'd love to hear more in person and get that feedback. It would be, it would mean so much to me too. So I'd love to have you there on the, on the, on, on the live calls. And if you haven't done so already, have that glass of water today. Until next time, take care.